0: Welcome to this episode of Let the Queens Be, where we invite women from business, education, and all walks of life to share their stories of success and even failures to empower and inspire women and girls to dream and find a path to fulfilling them. I'm Christy Griffin, your podcast host, and I'm so glad to have Regina Randall with me today. Regina lives happily in Houston, Texas with her husband and two sons, she is the owner of Beatitudes LLC and War Room Christian Counseling. She is also the founder of Restoration Life Services, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing mental health services to the socially and economically disadvantaged. She received her Master of Arts in education, in marriage, I'm sorry, in marriage and family therapy, and has worked with individuals, couples, families, and groups. In 2014, Regina was ordained as a licensed minister, and her life motto is faith, family, and fun. Welcome, Regina. So glad to have you you with us.
1: (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, well, you read that made me sound super.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are super. You're doing some super things. So, you know, thank you for what you are bringing to the community. Counseling is so needed in so many areas. Mm -hmm. I, you know, long thought that you know, probably everyone could use someone to be able to, to, to talk through life and, and those challenges. So, you know, it's a great profession, which actually, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into counseling.
1: Well, um, I currently work in the mental health field um, with a background in marriage and family therapy. Uh, Initially, I spent about uh, 13 years total in the military, and then I went into the federal government for about 13 years. And during that time in the federal government, um, I was really just trying to advance, um, trying to um, reach a certain goal in my career, and it just was not happening. I was hitting a a glass ceiling, um, couldn't get beyond a certain point, and I started to get discouraged. And so I really had to just, pray and ask God like what was it that he wanted me to do because obviously I was doing something wrong. I was doing all the things that I wanted to do and not what he had called me to do and when I asked that question I received the answer for counseling and so I ended up going to school getting my master's in marriage and family therapy and here I am.
0: Very interesting, so for people who may not understand how God can speak to you and direct your path, how do you hear that answer when you when you say a prayer and you get that answer and you have that knowing?
1: You know, I'm glad you actually asked that question because and I've never been asked that, um, but he speaks to us differently. He speaks to all of us differently. And that was something that I had to learn early in my walk. And actually I learned that from my husband, right? Because whenever I would talk to him about the things that God would say to me, or I would ask him like, what is it that he said to you? He would say, God doesn't speak to me like that, Gina. He doesn't talk to me like that. And I had never heard anybody say to me like that God speaks differently to them. And I think after hearing that a couple of times from him, I started paying attention to other people in the way that God speaks. And so there are times when God would just speak to you through his word, mm-hmm. meaning that you can have a problem. You can have a question and you open up the Bible, you start reading. It's like I answered with this. Right there. The page, exactly. right? Yeah. Yes. And then there are times when you get what I call an unctioning is what people would say, my conscience or something told me um, that's like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Um, from God and sometimes I would have um, things that just kind of pop in my head like a random thought but it's not really random because it's related to something like, hey, I want you to do a podcast. Well, I've never even thought about doing a podcast before, so this can't just be me. Right. And so if a random thought pops in my head like that, then I just go into prayer and the answers that I get based on how to move forward. And these again, these are thoughts that will start coming and circulating. Then I know that it's God speaking to me. So he speaks in different ways. There are times when, especially when I'm hurting and I'm praying, it's like I can hear an audible voice in my like just in the atmosphere and I I get spoken to through dreams some people can dream and and you like what does this mean where's this coming from if you're stressed out and then you get an answer in a dream God can speak to you through that way as well so there's so many ways that God speaks to us he speaks to us based based on where we
0: are what we how we respond to him Exactly. Well, thank you for that answer. I had never thought of it as, as being different from person to person. I just assumed it was, you know, kind of the same for everybody. Everybody's that like, I just... hear a voice. <laughs> and, you know, somehow there is sometimes that voice in your head, you know, it, and I guess it's a little hard to explain to someone who doesn't have that relationship right. with Christ to understand how God speaks right. to you and you in a sense hear that voice because it's, yeah. it's you know usually not like somebody just sitting there having this conversation you. with you and right. it, this external voice but mm-hmm. there is that knowing mm-hmm. so to um you know I'm, I'm glad your husband kind of pushed back and you know yeah. said that, <laughs> that there are different ways because that's yes. interesting that, that's information that um, I'll, I'll put in my pocket and i'll be able to use in the future yes engaging with other people when when they use that frame that you know god told them to do x or god told them to do to do y so um yeah that's wonderful i'm glad you shared that thank you very much um so there's not a particular story that led you into counseling nothing you know special in your life that took place that made you want to be a counselor for others
1: that made me want to be a counselor? You, <laughs> I, I even ran from that for about a year and a half. I was like, there is no way possible. I, nope, I can't be hearing this. You know how, <laughs> how they say some oh, believers wow. when God tells you something you don't want to do, you just scream, the devil is a lie. God ain't telling you to do that, right now. <laughs> Was him i knew it was him and because he's my father and he knows his daughter even when i started negotiating and saying no my life is a hot mess there's no way you could possibly be telling me to do counseling one of the things that he reminded me of was how often people would come to me even when i was younger like they would come to me and they would talk about how good of a listener i was and how i would you know just kind of share things with them and i've had multiple people that just say to me you should be a counselor and even then i'm like ugh no, I'm not going to be, be a counselor. But in that moment, God brought all that thing, those things back to my remembrance and actually told me like the reason why you're qualified to be a counselor is because you're going through things. It's not because you're perfect. Like how can you help and relate to people if you've never gone through anything? So the, th- the very thing that you think disqualifies you is the thing that qualifies you to be a counselor.
0: Absolutely. Isn't that yeah. true? You yeah, you've yeah. experienced it you can relate to it, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and they, you know.
1: Exactly, so then I I guess from that perspective, the thing that would, that has brought me to this journey is my struggles, are the things that I've gone through, the things that I experienced within family dynamics, the things that I've experienced within society and the environment, even in the religious community, all those things that I've experienced is what makes me who I am, and is how Mm -hmm. I, is, is what drives me as a therapist.
0: So why the War Room? Ooh,
1: that's a good one. You're getting into my heart's desire right there. Um, War Room is partially about my military background and also about how God began training me even before I became a therapist, um, a lot about spiritual warfare and how the enemy um, comes in to kill, steal and destroy basically. Um, uh, Joyce, Myers has a, uh, Joyce Meyer has a book called Battlefield of the Mind and God mm-hmm. really started showing me how the battlefield really is the mind and strategically showing me how um, the spiritual world world is made up to really attack us to get us off kilter, how the enemy will plant seeds even when we're younger through experiences, through things that people say to us, um, things that we go through, uh, the rejection, the hurt, the bitterness, all of those things. In, in, in the natural, yes, we experience things, but it also happens in the supernatural that is why we're going through that. Because ultimately, ultimately, it's all really, it really is a matter of good and evil. It really is. And when we can understand that, then we can begin to put on the armor of God and like really embrace what we're called to do in this war. And so war room comes from, the idea that in the military you have all these people who gather together in this room and they come up with a strategy of how to win the war and so for me in my therapeutic room we are coming together you and i as therapist and counselor as person to person and we're coming up with the strategies of ways to win this war and whatever it is that you're experiencing whether it's depression it's anxiety it's family whatever the case may be we're coming up with a strategy to win we're fighting this war in a natural and the spiritual
0: so that's how i came over that is beautiful i love that i love the idea the concept the explanation of it um and you pretty much in in several of your answers and particularly that answer explained why this approach as opposed to a traditional approach mm-hmm. to counseling but mm-hmm. can you just put another layer on that why know, rely on scripture? Why take a spiritual approach to counseling as opposed to other forms of counseling?
1: Right. I actually take both, both forms. Um, sometimes people can get taken aback by the fact that I am a Christian counselor, but just because I'm a Christian counselor doesn't mean that I'm beating you over the head with the Bible, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's available to those who say, I want a, um, clinical and a biblical approach. And I have clients who are not, faith-based. They're not Christian. They come in and it's fine. It's still my responsibility just to give you the clinical approach. But I know even in my time of need and when I wanted a counselor, because I was a believer, I wanted someone who can marry my biblical principles with the, the therapeutic and really help me to understand how to do that. And so that second layer is just that I want to give God's people the understanding that just because it's therapy doesn't mean it's not biblical. And to show them how to put those two together, I think, well, let me say this. It has been clinically proven. It's one of the things that we talk about when we're going through training for therapy, that a person's faith is part of the thing that helps them get through hard times. Whether that be um, uh, Buddhism, whether it be um Judaism, whether it be you being a Catholic, a Muslim, whatever the case may be, a person's faith is what kind of helps them get through their hardships. And so for me, it's about Christianity. It's about my faith in Christ Jesus. And so I want to show them how we can marry those two together to be able to get to where they're going. So we're putting faith to works. That's where
0: I am with my practice. Absolutely. Do you find that to be a struggle with any uh, particular individual or if they push back on that spiritual approach, do you step back? Do you let them guide it? Or are there times, once again, when you know you're being spoken to that says, don't let go of that particular person and that particular approach?
1: Actually, no, I've never had any pushback. I've never had any pushback. Um, it's, I heard recording progress. Is it, did it stop or stop it?
0: It didn't. No, okay. it's fine. Okay.
1: okay um actually I've never had any pushback um and I think it's because number one I have allowed the Holy Spirit to lead it which means we as believers this is a big thing we have to understand that God is not always calling us to just throw stuff out there he's not and so in that that therapeutic setting I'm not the one that says hey here's Jesus I allow that client to say, hey, I want to learn some things from a biblical perspective, from a spiritual perspective, as well as from a therapeutic perspective. If they don't bring it up, I don't bring it up. I meet them exactly where they are. So it doesn't have to be any level of pushback. And even if um, they come in and they say, hey, I just want to learn something spiritually, then I let them lead where it is that they want to go. If it's just about getting a level of enlightenment and really beginning to understand myself and who I am, that's what we do. The whole therapy process is driven by the person and what it is that they need, not by what I want to push on them. My agenda means nothing.
0: (laughs) I hear you. Okay, excellent. Um, Tell me a little bit more about your partnership with God um, in your counseling and your businesses. Mm Talk about seeing God as a partner.
1: Wow, yeah, um, that's that's a good question. And I like the word partner because it's all about relationship. Uh, in my walk, I had to learn the difference between religion and relationship uh religion was all about you know me just being able to look at this word and in this book and tell you exactly what it says but my heart posture may not be quite in line or I may not really have a full understanding of it but when I began to develop a relationship with God where God showed me who I am in him the abilities that I have because I I had some levels of insecurity, but that his his strength is made perfect in my weakness and that he can help me through these things. When I began to develop that relationship with God, it instantly became a partnership. It's like, where you go, I go. Where you lead, I lead. Uh, or where I follow. So it's, I can't do anything without him. And trust me, I've tried.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all?
1: <laughs> tried and I've Miserably, But over when God shows me how much better and sweeter it could be when he's my partner, when I allow him to just lead me and show me, then it is so much more sweeter. in knowing that you are in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and that God is leading that, it is so much sweeter. You can't help but notice it. And so it has to be a partnership because if it's not, it's just not going to go well. And so... In therapy, my goal is always to help people be all that they they are called to be, in in no matter what the situation is, and to heal. And I can put myself in that, but it ain't gonna do as well as it would do if I allow God to lead me and direct and direct me in everything I do, whether it's teaching, um, ministry, whether it is starting a nonprofit, or even in the therapy.
0: So for people who, who have been deeply wounded by the church and by this mm-hmm. idea of mm-hmm. religion mm-hmm. Um, talk about the importance of having that personal relationship and how do you develop a personal relationship
1: Ooh. so can I tell you that my personal relationship really was deepened by being wounded in a church can I say that <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful please
0: tell us more Yes, I, honestly, there are people who have been so wounded with this yes, touched yes. by hearing that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, and I just wanna share that I have quite a few clients that come in and they are, they just, I'm done with God, I'm done with church, I'm done with religion, I'm done with, you know, all these things. I understand that feeling that they have. Um, but the thing that I try to share is your relationship with God is not mirrored by your relationship with people in a sense that the church itself the church itself this body of christ we are a broken people we're sick that's what jesus said he came for the sick right so we go into a building just because somebody is in a leadership position or just because somebody um claimed to be our friend doesn't mean they don't have issues too and sometimes we can be wounded by those issues. And so that's one of the first things that I try to just allow them and not criticize them or judge them like religion would do and say, you shouldn't feel this way. You should just kind of allow it and you should just love and all these other things. But I allow them to walk through that process and actually grieve. Cause can I say that it's grieving too? Is It's a grievous process when you have mm-hmm. been in the church for so long and you have put all your hope in what these people would do and help and how they're supposed to behave and then they disappoint you, it's grief. You have lost something, you have been disappointed. So part of that process is to allow them to mourn without judgment or criticism. The Bible says, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. I'm not gonna draw anyone especially to Christ, if I'm just pointing my finger at them and telling them what they should and shouldn't do, allow them to go through that process. And then the other thing is in helping them to establish their own relationship with God, if that's what they're looking for, for them to be able to look at the difference between who God has been in their life versus what people have been in their life. People will fail you, they, they'll disappoint you. just—it It is what it is, it's, it's who we are, we're human. But God never fails. And so let's look back at all the times when we may have prayed or when we may have cried out and even in the little things God would answer. And sometimes I would dare challenge them to say, hey, pick one little thing and talk to God about it and see what happens, see how he responds. And so that journey itself is just bringing them out of the religion environment, bringing them out of that religious thought process, the rules, the regulations, the doctrines, and all these things, and just showing them the love of God. That's it. We don't have to do anything else but to show you that God is not judging you. He has not left you. He has not done any of these things. He's just loving upon you, and that kind of helps to rebuild their
0: relationship. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Aside from the counseling and your spirituality, you are actually a businesswoman. Ah, so, yes. <laughs> so you have you've established, you know, more than one business in addition to a nonprofit. You're juggling not only the businesses but calendars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you how do you get all of that done during the course of the day? Oh,
1: the grace of God. I mean, for, for, for me, and I'm not saying everybody, this is for everybody else. But for me, my faith drives everything, everything. If I had to do it in my own power, I would be ready to jump off a bridge. I just cannot. And so um, even something as simple as God telling me to rest is part of what drives it so I can have like I got all these things on my calendar I'm trying to judge and I got to do this and I got to do this this editing and I got to call this person I got to reach out to this person and there are times when I'm just spun up and I can hear God say rest you're not going to be productive if you're not resting even I rested I did that to demonstrate to you what I have is my expectation we need rest and God also allowed me to see that in the field that i'm in which is all no matter what it is that i'm doing it's all ministry that i'm pouring out i'm constantly pouring out and if i don't take the opportunity to rest and allow him to feed me that i won't have anything for anybody i won't be good for anyone else and so it really is just God teaching me how to do it, it even giving me those ideas, those thoughts mm-hmm, of, okay, mm-hmm. I know you're doing it on your phone, but this is not working for you. What can we do now? Let's go get a planner. And okay, so since everything is kind of all over the place, how about we structure this and we do, you know, podcasting on Monday and we Wednesday, we do counseling on Thursday and Friday. So it's really God just giving me the grace to be able to do it and talking about my health. People don't really talk about health a lot when it comes to faith either, but God has gotten on me. Like your body is a temple. Let's not forget that. And and I got work for you to do. And how can you do work for me? If you sick and you broken down and you're tired and you can't do anything for, you know, for anyone else. So you need to take care of your health as well. Go to the doctor, drink water, eat well. All of those things are the things that God gives me to help me have grace to be able to make it through all the stuff that he's given me.
0: Awesome, uh, I I want to marry two thoughts, one which is obedience and rest, okay. and just okay. share with you one experience that I had. So okay. I, was, I had probably been practicing law for about 17 years, okay. very busy law practice, but I was obedient to resting on Sundays. Mm. I would never go into the office, I would never open my laptop, would not take phone calls. I think at that point we probably didn't even have emails. Mm. But I was very adamantly obedient to resting on Sundays. And actually that brings to mind two things that happened, which, you know, it, and this is actually bringing a little tear to my eyes because I, I I haven't thought about it from this perspective again, but it was that resting on Sunday and not having anything on my calendar that mm-hmm. one day my son came back from a Boy Scout camping trip and he was so excited and he mm-hmm. just wanted me to see these homes in this community that was a half an hour away from wow. <laughs> where we lived in what I consider to be this little country town. Mm-hmm. and. know I was like I am not moving (laughs) you know one and it was you know a good 30 minutes away from my Mm -hmm. office I was so used to St. Louis is kind of a little big town you can get anywhere in you know a very short period of time but because you know he really 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 wanted me to see this a boy scout um, entrance to their camp was Mm -hmm. literally actually uh, just directly across the street from this community. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't have anything planned for that Sunday and it was a beautiful day, and just, Mm -hmm. it it, it really was just a very straight trip out of the highway, I was free to go. We walked into the display home, which was literally twice the highest amount I had considered for paying for a house. So I wasn't, I was in the market. This was twice as much, and but when I walked in, fell in love with it, and within three months, we were moving in. (laughs) So so that's the kind of blessing. That would not have happened if I had other things on my agenda that day, but because there was nothing else for us to do other than, you know, maybe go to a movie or, you know, the mall Mm -hmm. or the park or something like that. I was like, fine, you know, I'll I'll, I'll amuse you. (laughs) Another
1: way that God speaks to us, through our children, right?
0: Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But um, the story, so one, blessings can come out of it, but also the story that I was thinking of is, Again, never, ever working, but this time I was hosting a fundraiser and I wanted to print all of these envelopes that day, so that when I got in on Monday, I could put them in the mail. There were way too many of them to do during my workday, So I thought, you know, this is, This is a fundraiser, Lord, (laughs) you know, this is to help other people, you know, it's okay. So I go down to the office and I pull out these clear labels and what I didn't realize is that the building kept the air conditioner on Monday through Saturday. I had never been there on Sunday. I didn't know that they didn't, you know, apparently (laughs) most people didn't work on Sunday. So, this is like a 40 story building. They weren't going to air condition a 40 story building (laughs) on a day when very few people were there. Well, the problem is, I never ever turned off my printer. It it stayed on 24 7, 365. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't realize was that with the air conditioner off, that Mm -hmm. platinum on this $800 printer. had overheated, and I won't say it overheated because apparently it did that every Sunday, it would be mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. And then by Monday, when the air was back on, it, it would have cooled back cool down. down. Mm-hmm. I put the plastic labels into this hot printer. <gasps> yeah. It melted all over it. And because it was a perfectly good printer, but it was also at that point, you know, a good six, seven years old, they didn't have the parts for it and, mm-hmm. you know, even if they found it, it was a very expensive part and it just didn't make sense mm-hmm. to, and, and and I was never able to replace the printer, you know, and get one as good as that one had been. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always keep that in mind because, you know, I tried to make this one exception and other people may never notice something like that. Right. But because I knew, <laughs> Mm-hmm. What the word said. And because mm-hmm. I had been obedient to it and trying to make this one little um uh, exception right. to it, and ended up having that outcome. So there there was the good part about being obedient <laughs> and, and getting <laughs> this beautiful home surrounding oh, right. my golf course. And then <laughs> there's the other part of being disobedient mm-hmm. and having this basically right. tragedy happen.
1: Yes. And I heard you say, Well, God is for, for a fundraiser. One of my my mentors um, she said to me, everything that's a good thing is not always a God thing.
0: Mm. And we have
1: to be careful about that.
0: <laughs> and yes.
1: You were doing a good thing, but it wasn't what God said to do. So.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so At least not on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. So uh, talk to us about um, your relationships in, in building your business and how you first got started in building your counseling service and your other business.
1: Ooh, man, that was also a journey too, because even after I finished school, I actually wasn't sure that I wanted to get licensed. I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it anymore. Uh, and one of the things that um, kind of held me up was that I was concerned, like I knew that I was doing it for God, Christy. Like I knew I was doing it for God. And I was concerned that my faith would become an issue with me being a counselor or being a therapist. And so what God does, he, one of the ways he speaks to us, he divinely brings people into our lives. And um, there were two different therapists who have been therapists for many years and they were also Christians. And even though they may not have brought um, the biblical principles into their practice the way that I, I have, the things that both of them said to me was, you are much needed, you're needed. And if God called you to this, he called you to this for a reason. So stop fearing and let God handle the rest. Just do what he tells you to do. We're talking about that obedience. Just do what he tells you to do and let him handle the rest. And so that was part of that journey of how I got started. But that's essentially how God does it with everything with me. Like he He will bring people into my life to essentially confirm that thing that he had already told me. So when you talk about um, knowing whether or not it's God, um, things like with the nonprofit, it would just kind of resonate in my spirit for a while, just sit right there in my thoughts. And then somebody would come along and go, you should do this. You should be this. Okay, then it's confirmation. I'm hearing that it is a need. And so one of the things that I would often be afraid of is that I just don't have the ability to do this. Like the school that God wants me to start, the vision that he gave me for that is a full-scale university.
0: Me, really? (laughs) How am I supposed to do a
1: university? (laughs) I have no no money. or any of these things, but God said he was going to do it. And so I have to trust him, right? That's the obedience. And what he has shown me is that he takes me step by step by step. All I have to do is be obedient to the first thing. And the first thing would lead to the next thing, which will lead to the next thing. And in the midst of that, he surrounds me with people who either have resources or they have the knowledge or they have understanding, they have the experience. And that's how I end up getting from one place to the next in all my businesses, just being obedient in that first thing that he told me to do and listening to him and doing the rest.
0: That is so interesting um, and and I can certainly see that happening. Um, mm-hmm. There are, one I, I kind of want to go down the road of fear and how you tackled that. But I think mm-hmm. before even doing that, just step by step for someone who might be thinking about, not necessarily a counseling business, but any type of business, Mm-hmm. um what were those steps how did they unfold did you find clients first and do it from your home did you rent an office space just how far did you step out and think all of that all
1: of that so um when I realized that this was something that God was calling me to do the first First thing that I did and I would say this to everybody is research, 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 make sure that you are getting the adequate information um, for me personally, because I was doing this number one for God and because i like to do things in excellence, I don't want to have do it because I felt like if I had did it, then something would come up later on down the line. I would either get in trouble, I wouldn't be able to help my clients or something. That's just in the natural, not the, you know, in the spiritual, in the natural, like you gotta do things the right way. So I did a lot of research to find out how I was supposed to start the business, how to get registered um, in the state of Florida, which is where I had my business. I knew that I had to um, actually go and register my business uh, registered at Register it as a business, pay that fee so that I can be, you know, legit as a business. I also went on to the IRS website and got my employee identification number. That's the EIN, your tax number, because when it's time to file taxes, do you want to file taxes, people? Don't Thank lose your you. business because you're not want, filing if, taxes. <laughs> if you
0: did not mention it, I was definitely going to bring it back up. Thank you for don't that. Don't
1: lose your yes. business. Don't yes. lose. And
0: let me tell you, your business is your
1: inheritance. Your business yes. is your legacy. <laughs> legacy for your family. Do not lose your business because you're trying to shortcut and not pay taxes. Research the type of business. Is it going to be an LLC? Is it going to be an INC? Do a lot of research. Actually um, reach out to people if there are support groups or people around you that have done it before you. Take the shortcut. Don't try to do mm-hmm. it on your own. When I say take the shortcut, that means actually exercising wisdom and talking to people who have done this before rather than saying, no, I can just do it on my own. Where you taking a long way around? the mountain (laughs) talk to the people who have done this before and they can tell you the right ways to do it that's also part of your research so i got my license i got my business license i paid um did in my local because you also have to have where i was in the local community you had to have your um License for that to be able to operate as a business. Um, I developed my website. I got my website up and running. I did all of this before I actually started bringing clients in because for me, it was important that people knew this was a legitimate business. I was not just talking to people and saying, hey, come do this because why? Why would they, they don't know me from Adam so i had to present it the way that i would want it to have been presented to me i wouldn't want to be you know going to a fly by night therapist so i created the business i created the website Um, I actually talked to people who was around me and found out what it is that, you know, those who are looking for therapy are looking for. There was more research. And I got myself onto the therapist website where people could search me out and find me. So look at like Google algorithms, look at places where you can go to be in the yellow pages for whatever your business is. Do all the marketing, understand the marketing aspect of it, understand the advertising aspect of it. I got business cards so that when my website got up and running and people go well who are you can i get your information i don't want to have to write it down on a piece of paper (laughs) right i had the card ready to give it to them and then i thought of like different things that i can do and how i can help them the other thing that i would say is to be honest in your business dealings. Be honest in your business dealings. I didn't oversell myself. I told them what it was that I had available so that when they come in, they got exactly what they was asking for, not something that was more. And then it ended up being a detriment to my business because they say, you told me you can do this and you can't. So as I grew, in therapy and i grew in my training then i would just add that to the list of the things that i can do so one of the other things that i would encourage people to do is to operate in integrity in your business that's the other thing so those are some of the steps that i did to be able to start all of these
0: things that was excellent excellent summation and advice i'm so glad you get on the tax part because when you're yes. first starting out you know you, you're not a whole lot is coming in and, and there's mm-hmm. this temptation of mm-hmm. uh, using that money and needing the money. But once you get to a certain level and it becomes taxable income, the IRS expects it no matter how much you think you They don't want, care if it's a dollar. They want their money. They, they <laughs> want their money. and They will go after their money. And like you said, don't lose your business because right. many people um, have lost their business like that. We for years, they finally have raised the entire neighborhood. But for years, there was a business on in a certain entertainment district mm-hmm. and it and was very, very popular, one of the most popular um, places. And I mean literally for over a decade, that business sat there. The IRS had come in. The people were partying and having fun. And for well over a decade, there was a lock on the door and the drinks were still sitting on the table. The IRS oh, no. does not play. So <laughs> you know, They will come in in the midst of your business. Can you imagine the
1: people who were the owners of that business, how they were thriving and now all of a sudden there's Ex- nothing?
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. they were thriving and yeah. apparently spending every penny of it and sharing <laughs> none with the IRS and they were not happy. it. <laughs> so, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Do not lose your business, you know, as you're starting off as mm-hmm. difficult as it is you know, really look into what those taxes are going to be and discipline yourself to put that money aside because it becomes very easy to lose everything that you've worked on. And here's the
1: other thing we have to think, we have to lose the microwave thought and look at the inheritance thought. That that's one of the things that helps me because especially with society, society wants you to just rush, rush, rush. That's why we got fast food and that's why you have everything on the go. And we got the microwave, we got the um, TV dinners. Everything is like quick, quick, quick. Quick, And so we want quick results. That's another reason why we'll cut corners is because we want quick results, whatever it's going to do to get me started in this business. And I need this money, so I'm not going to pay taxes or I'm going to do all these things. But when you don't think from the microwave perspective, you think from the perspective of this is long term this is my inheritance this is my legacy look farther down the line of what it's going to take to actually build your business not on quicksand on solid foundation what is it going to take to build your business and be okay with how long it takes be okay with that because you're you're just exercising your muscles in this Every time you learn something new, every time you do something new, you're exercising your muscle. Let's say it takes you really two years to get up and running before you start making money. Well, guess what, when that two-year mark hit, you have learned so much over that two-year period that you're gonna come out the gate moving. Be okay with the time that it takes.
0: Great advice, thank you so much. So now I'm going to go back to the fear because I think it, it, it would be a phenomenon if someone entered into this whole proposition of starting Mm -hmm. a business of any type Mm
1: -hmm. and didn't
0: at some point feel fear, Mm -hmm. Um, fear of not knowing enough, not being enough, um, not having that, that. that reach to bring in, you know, the clients or customers or whatever it may be. So how did you pass the fear? Everything
1: for me goes back to my faith and I'll, I'll say the faith and the practicality of it. So for me, I was driven because I knew God told me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that because he told me to do it, that I wasn't going to fail, right? That's the the faith part of it. Like I cannot fail because you told me to do this. So if I fail, it's on you, right? You told me to do this. But the other aspect of that was that putting that faith to work means that if I'm starting this business, I have to have um, enough business discipline not to just run into it. I'm actually going to research it. And the more that I researched it, Christy, the more I started feeling like I can do this. And it was just piece by piece. I did don't overwhelm yourself and try to get the whole thing at one time. So if I had looked at this whole thing about how it was to run a business, that I had to um, have this website for you know my clients to come in, and I had to have you know either Zoom or the therapeutic um, method to be able to see them over video. If I had thought about the money and how it's gonna come in and all these things, I would have been so overwhelmed. I would have run from it. I just, I only did step-by-step. What is the first thing that I need to do to become a business owner? And the first thing I needed to do was to register myself in the state of Florida. That's number one. When I did that, I was like, okay, what's the next thing to do? Well, now that you're registered, let's see about building this website. It took me weeks, weeks, it was well over a month to do my website, take your time, get it done. What's the amount of, um, co- what's the cost per therapy visit? I had to research that. And so instead of me saying, oh, I'm gonna charge $1,000 per client, and then I feel nervous because they're not one, willing to pay that $1,000, I didn't have to feel nervous because I actually researched it. I understood what the average cost was per therapy um, visit and then I allowed myself to say, what am I comfortable with? Am I comfortable with making it a little bit more because of the area that I'm in, maybe a little bit less because I want to be able to cater to people who may not have that economic advantage. That is me just understanding where that first, that plumb line is and then working from there. So part of eliminating the fear really was about the research, really was about understanding what I'm getting ready to do, what I'm getting myself into. Was there still some level of insecurity? Yes, absolutely it was, because I was out on a new adventure. It's <laughs> something new that I had never done before. But I, one of my mentors always said to me, just do it afraid, do yes. it afraid. And it's kind of what's happening in this podcast when Kathy says do it me- messy. Do it afraid, take one step at a time and understand that even if you make a mistake, a mistake is not failure, it's a lesson to teach you how to do better the next time and you will get better
0: absolutely yeah. that is such excellent advice um, it reminds me uh several of the things that you said When so the work that i was doing before um, mm-hmm. was directed towards social justice and mass incarceration and oh, okay. it, you know it was it was overwhelming there was a, so much of it uh, going on in the country especially after 2015 and this one particular morning i was so tired that I was doing a pillow prayer <laughs> where, you know, I haven't even gotten out of the bed. Amen. I'm Amen. just Amen. having this conversation <laughs> with God you. with my head still on the pillow. Mm-hmm. And I recall saying, God, please walk closer with me on my journey. And immediately his response was, you walk closer with me on my will he talk like that? I love it when he does that. When we started off talking about how God talks to you, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like that. There was mm-hmm. no hesitation mm-hmm. and there was no question. I mean, obviously it wasn't me because my statement was just the opposite. You know, this is my journey. This is my work. And I had always known that he called me to do this. This was the exact opposite of what I thought I'd be doing when I closed my law practice. Mm-hmm. And so I knew this was what he called me to do, but still, I had taken over. I had taken mm-hmm. the reins. Uh huh. You know, it's like this is how it's supposed to be done, and na 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 And it was to me, it was my journey. And and immediately he reminded me, no, you know, you walk That's close. You this know. is my journey. You mm-hmm. just walk closer with me. Listen mm-hmm. to me. Follow my instructions, and then everything will be okay. Right. That was, a, you know, a huge wake up call, and I think of it often and and you just brought that that back to mind yeah so so thank you for that To make sure You're that welcome. i that i continue to listen so mm-hmm. i know you are going to have to go soon um can you give us three tips you've already given us dozens and dozens and dozens of of just okay. great tips for starting a business and mm-hmm. you know getting past fear and, and creating relationships um what are three basic tips that you would like the audience to walk away with?
1: Um, The first thing that I would say is to thine own self be true. That's the first tip that I would give. And the reason why that is the first tip that I would give is because when you are starting a business, again, this is your inheritance, this is your legacy. You don't wanna start your business doing something that other people think you should do. Or other people are telling you is the right thing to do. And then you end up miserable because you're working a job. It becomes a job at that point Mm -hmm. because you're working a job that you're not happy at. To thine own self be true. Discover who you are. Discover what your passion is. Your business should be the thing that you are passionate about. When I talk to people about that, the question that I ask is, what is that thing that you would do for the rest of your life, even if you never got paid for it? And whatever that is, that's your passion. That will drive your business. And as long as you're passionate about it, you'll do the research that's necessary because you're enjoying it. So to thy own self be true. That's the first thing that I would um say. The second thing that I would say is don't, sh- don't shortchange your business, meaning don't try to cut corners in a way where you say i don't have the money for this or i don't have the money for that so i'm just going to skip over it and do something else um because unfortunately it will come to bite you in the long run like paying taxes or um if you are required to have a certification for a certain type of business get the certification be okay with the time that it's going to take in order for you to do it the right way because what you're doing is building a foundation your first year or so of your business, that is you building your foundation. So be okay with the time that it takes for you to do it and don't shortcut it. Build your business in excellence. And the the third thing I would say is have faith, have faith. Whether it's with God or whatever your religion is or whatever it is that drives you, have faith that you are doing something for people, not just yourself and that you're going to do it well. Have faith that this will work. Trust the process. So have faith that it's going to be okay. And you, even in those dark days, you will still keep up with it. You'll still keep going. You'll still keep moving because your faith has told you, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it no
0: matter what it's looking like. Thank you so much that's great advice everything that you have shared has been great advice this has been a blessing to me it's just been so thank wonderful you. to talk with you and i can't thank you enough for taking out the time to fit this You're in welcome. so i look forward to us getting to know each other better as we move absolutely. forward in this journey absolutely. and um or you know absolutely welcome back at any time and i look forward to chatting with you very soon good
1: same here
0: so everyone thank you so much for joining us you have been listening to regina randall and i am christy griffin the podcast host of let the queens be we want women to be encouraged and to thrive and to be the best that we can all be thank you for joining us please share this with your friends and come back and listen again bye bye